0: Hey, Husky fans, welcome back to 4th and Inches of Husky podcast from Sports Illustrated Husky Maven channel. My name is Trevor Mueller and with me is Kayla Olin. And Kayla, uh, we're here for an Arizona State preview, but what a wild week it has been since, uh, you know, Saturday night uh, in Seattle.
1: It was even just 24 hours. Yeah. First, you know, you hear John Donovan. Well, first you hear that, you know, news is going to come out of Washington. You could kind of speculate one of two things. And... I was guessing it was John Donovan being fired or having something to Jimmy Lake. And you know, it was the news that John Donovan was out, Junior Adams being in as the temporary OC for the remainder of the season. And then you have MJ Tafisi announcing he's going into the transfer portal. And yeah. then within hours after that, you have Jimmy Lake in a one-game suspension. It's been a crazy 24 hours.
0: It really has. And uh there, there's a whole bunch of uh, layers to this onion, and, and uh, let's maybe chunk it up a little bit and, and try to peel these back one by one. So the first part of it, obviously, is the situation that happened on the sideline. Uh, we were both at the game. I didn't notice it until uh, I got in the car and, and opened Twitter up and, and saw you know, everything that went down. And um, I guess I want your take on uh, that whole situation on the sidelines.
1: Yeah. It's difficult because I don't think kids should be coddled. They obviously, you know, they're in an institution. They need to be smart. I understand discipline and everything like that. But at the same time, you know, you can get your point across without touching a kid. Yeah. And whether it was him having any intent for any injury or not, I don't think that changes it just because, I mean, be a coach, but you don't need to you push a kid after you already got done yelling at him. Mm. And then it kind of comes back to, we've talked about it so many times. And especially I've said, you know, just kind of say what you mean, mean what you say, be accountable. And the fact that Jimmy kind of, he had to make a statement on it, but I don't think he took full accountability for it. I think that there was a little bit more intent there than he was leading on. I think that rubbed me the wrong way, if we're being completely honest, just because, I mean, to say that he was trying to break up an organ player, if you go back and you look at the video, the organ player is not anywhere around. You know, he's shoving an official as yeah. well. And at that point, you know, an official's there. Let the officials do their job if that's what it is to break, you know, kids up. It's, right. it's ridiculous. And I don't know if it was just him being so upset that – there was the punt that happened or upset with how the game was going to end. It was just, it didn't look good. And I don't think it looked good coming from Jen Cohen and Jimmy Lake either, like with their statements after the fact.
0: Yeah. What I was, I guess the, the, I think you could almost explain away a little bit and I've seen this, I've seen, I mean, obviously you're seeing both sides. You're seeing the extremes that this was, you know, I, was nothing to something major that would be fireable, And, uh, you know, I think you can explain away that first slap as, um, trying to get the situation under control, getting that kid away from, uh, the situation. I think the part that, uh, would lead to the suspension and, and probably more, uh, is going to be the shove in the back while the kid was already walking away. Exactly. Um, obviously once we once I saw that I knew there was going to be more Cohen's came out and said they're going to investigate it so there was at least going to be something there and um a lot of people are speculating that uh you know the one game suspension is probably just the beginning um I know we talked
1: a little bit about it on our recap show uh of Oregon and you know you kind of saying it's it's almost an easy out sure. because you don't have to worry about a buyout now, but you kind of throw away that excuse because you say, you know, here's your one game suspension. This is without pay. This is right. how we're handling the situation. So there's your punishment. And now because that's all it was and seeming to be the only said punishment, I don't think Washington can now get away without having to do a little bit to a full buyout on Jimmy Leak's contract at the end of the season. So it gets a little bit more tricky now that it's just a one game suspension.
0: Yeah. And that may be the case. And and I think that, you know, getting ducks in the row is something that's going on. Even John Wilner, who's uh, been pretty uh, against the thought of firing Lake after just two seasons, one season only being four games. And uh, he had an article come out in the uh, Mercury news that, he has it now at 99% that Jimmy Lake's going to be gone. So um, if he's saying that he has more sources than we do uh, within the program, my guess is that uh, we probably have seen the last of Jimmy Lake coaching the, uh, the Washington Huskies, which um, is, is, is such a just such a bummer because of how good he was for this program as a, um, as a defensive backs coach, uh, as a development of developer of talent, uh, and the hope that, uh, you know, even what Chris Peterson said, that he was going to be able to take this program to the next level. And unfortunately, it doesn't look like those things are going to come to fruition.
1: Yeah. Even as a recruiter, he was great. But now, yeah. I mean, you know, parents have said that they were shocked or not happy by what Jimmy had done Sure. on the sideline. I've seen that. I've seen some parents saying they don't care. And the truth is, is if Washington and Jen Cohen do want to go forward and have a competitive chance at recruiting, yeah. it would be so easy for Oregon or Bama to be like, Oh yeah. I mean, you saw the video, 100%. you know, we're not going to hit or shove your kids. Mario Cristobal can compare videos of him just yelling, throwing his headset yeah. on the ground, but just yelling. And that was that. And then be like, or you can have this.
0: Right. And, and, and I mean, the video, the, the, the gif of uh, Chris Pearson staring down um, Littleton, from the 2015 season, or even when he got in the face of Song Wuching, the the way which the takes film, some guts because <laughs> Song guts. is a I scary mean, guy for sure. With the eye makeup and all, or the the eye makeup—that's the wrong word—eye uh, black and all of that. Man, he looked tough. <laughs> but um, it, he I think did it, look
1: tough until you called it makeup. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I I devalued that one, and that one's on me. Uh, <laughs> but uh i guess you know uh, who's going to become the next head coach whether uh jimmy lake gets fired or not is probably a discussion for another day but uh i think the biggest issue uh and, and really spot that makes this whole situation worse is how long they held on to john donovan obviously now he's gone yeah. everybody knew that was going to happen um it is, it is baffling why he was still there. And uh it took uh yet another poor performance from the offense to finally get him out of there.
1: Yeah, I'm excited when we do get to having conversations on coaching, whether it's talking yep. about head coach, offensive coordinator, because TJ was telling me that he was listening to your a live show that you were on last night. And oh, how, awesome. Yeah. 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 He said that you sounded really, really great. And you had a lot of great insight into, you know, who would want to see kind of coming in as new potential coaches. And so I'm really excited to talk about that one too, uh, a time down the road, because I mean, there's still, what's crazy, three games left of this season, you know, what else could possibly happen in three weeks.
0: Right. And, um, that, you know, thinking about that, uh, You know, Jim, junior Adams is really one of the bright spots on this coaching staff. And I think somebody that if, if you're the next head coach, you have to look at trying to retain somebody like him, um, offensive coordinator. I'm not sure, but the guy has revitalized, revamped and retooled that wide receiver room to arguably the best room on the offense, uh, with a ton Hands of top down oh uh, for sure and and that's what, the
1: dropsies.
0: yeah and it, it but if you look at that yeah exactly um you know if I, I really am interested in your take, but I feel like putting junior Adams in there gives this offense a chance to really showcase some of the real strengths of, of this program. And, um, who knows if it's Dylan Morris or not, maybe some of the shackles are taken off of him, whether or not John Donovan was allowing him to go through his reads or not. I don't know, but I have a lot of hope around what this offense can be moving forward.
1: Yeah, and with the death chart coming out today, Dylan North was still slotted right. at QB1. Take that for what you want, right? But what's nice about Junior Adams, and I'm not saying air raid wins any kind of games, or if no. Washington had ran an air raid, they would have beaten Michigan, or I'm not going to say Montana because we don't even talk about that game <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, but having I believe confidence that they abandon the run a little bit more. Yeah. You know, I think he's still going to be smart and he's going to realize, you know, we can't run it or we can't pass it on the one yard line going right. out because it'll re- that'll result in the safety. Most likely if, right. you know, something goes sideways, I don't think he's just going to say, you know, we're just going to take 50 shots down the field and call it a day. Like Mike Leach does. I do believe though, that he says, you know, Dylan Morris, we've seen what you can do. We saw what you did last year against Arizona. We've seen how you can throw the ball down the field in clutch situations. You can throw a 20-yard game-winning touchdown pass with less than a minute remaining. Right. And he knows those receivers so well. He knows they can get open. I fully believe we see a lot more passing, but I don't think that Sean McGrew and Cam Davis all of a sudden become useless chess pieces
0: for sure. And really what you're hoping to see, I mean, you, I don't speak for you. You speak for yourself. What I'm hoping to see is just some misdirection, uh, you know, something that lets this offense can't line up and say, we're going to do this. And you can't stop us because what we've seen through the, you know, the nine, plus games of John Donovan is we're yeah. going to line up and we're going to tell you what we're going to do. And you can stop us.
1: Exactly. And, you know, kind of just Dylan Morris, you've seen his tape from high school. He can throw, he has an yeah. arm.
0: Yeah.
1: It, and you know, Sam Hewitt as well, if they decide to go Sam Hewitt route, Sam can throw. Right. And with an offensive line that just isn't living up to expectations Using that arm, whether he overthrows occasionally, I mean, throwing in triple coverage, that's something that does need to be fixed. I don't know if it can oh, in five days time, right. But you can still help with that confidence or call better plays for better situations. And I think that's what junior Adams is going to succeed in is, you know, he has experience with a lot of great players, Cooper cup, for example, who sure. is actually a uh, top two in leading the entire NFL in targets in the red zone. So, you know, just saying that there is a lot of experience there and something that I think John Donovan did lack.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess uh, one quick thing before we get to Arizona state, uh, at least for one game, uh, the interim head coach is Bob Gregory, uh, the defensive coordinator. Um, what do you expect uh, that's going to be different from the in-game situation than Jimmy Lake? Cause what a weird position for anybody to be in um, where you're, you're stepping in for your boss um, with, as of right now, the thought that he should be back. So you're probably not going to try to rock the boat that much, but if you look <laughs> at the tea leaves, it's, he's probably not going to be back this year. So do you do drastic changes? Do you uh, look to replace some of those parts on offense that aren't working uh, that, that you see aren't working, even though you're a defensive guy? Uh, how much how much say do you think he actually has on, uh, I guess, the offense or, or, or the program overall for this week?
1: I don't think a lot changes. I think he is in a very difficult situation. Um, To be 100%, I don't think if I was Jen Cohen making the decisions, I would have put him as the interim head coach. I probably would have gone to Malloy or somebody who had kind of – Bob Gregory doesn't lack the personality but I think Malloy is the great is the best person to it, talk to these kids in this in this situation.
0: Just like I thought it was the right choice to put Marcus Tuyasa Sopo as the co as the interim head coach for the bowl game when Sarkeesian left.
1: Exactly. And it's kind of just at this point, you only have three games. You don't need the smartest coach right now because you just need a coach who can keep the kids in this mentally emotionally you know those those players love jimmy lake and they still do but it's somebody who is such a big personality for washington for almost a decade now not quite it's getting there though but to replace that i think is what needed to be kind of a bigger situation because the defense is fine. Bob Gregory and the defense going into the Arizona state game is fine. And I think that Bob Gregory kind of lets junior Adams take control of the offense. I don't think he really tries to touch it too much. So it's going to be, you know, how can you rally these kids in the locker room? What are you saying to them in practice? What are you going to say to them at halftime if they're down and they're already, you know, kind of getting on themselves. And I think Malloy might've been the better kind of, direction to go for that. But I don't think Bob Gregory needs to change the program right now. They need to keep the positivity moving forward to hopefully make a bowl game.
0: Right. Yeah, that's still on the table. And I think that you you've brought up a couple of really excellent points there. And I think the 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 test to see whether or not Bob Gregory is going to put his own spin on this is if they bring the safeties up because, uh, as we're about to get into and and you on the offensive side, previewing Arizona state, they can run the ball.
1: Yeah. Rashad white had a career day last week and USC it's a decent, it's a really, it's a decent defense. I mean, USC is not having the season they want to, but it doesn't mean their defense is bad. And Rashad white just had his way with them.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so I, I think that if you see some, uh, some of those changes being made uh, to try to help out the front line uh, and getting guys up and, and stacking the box, and, and even uh, Herm Edwards said that they're going to have to throw a ball a little bit, uh, but force them to, and force them to try to beat those guys outside. And uh, I think that if we see that change, that we're actually seeing a coach make a, a decision um, that maybe he wanted to make, uh, but was blocked by, you know, the head coach.
1: Yeah. And I hope Bob, Bob Gray realizes that because if you can compare, if you want to compare, you know, Jaden Daniels to Dylan Morris, Mm -hmm. Dylan Morris is better. He has more touchdowns. I mean, two more interceptions, but Dylan Morris is 50, 50, seven right. touchdowns, seven interceptions. So making him throw and letting your DBs do what they do best, you know, mm-hmm. Carson Bruner showed that you're still going to get interceptions off of right. even some smaller kind of passes like that. Right. Receiving wise, Terrell Bynum compared to ASU's receivers, he's doubled the touchdowns in right. less receptions and yeah. more yardage. So the only place that Washington does get beat offensively, aside from points per game, which has been the ML all season, is the running game.
0: Right. Yeah, and, and that's what's probably scares, uh, that's what scares us the most. When, when, when you look at it, they're averaging over 200 yards a game, and then you bring in a defense that's really struggled against the run. That's where, uh, you know, going back to Oregon, when Oregon got up one going into half, I knew it was going to be a struggle for them to be able to come back because Oregon didn't have to throw the ball a single time in the second half because they were able to gash. And um, if Arizona, and, and that's Arizona state's MO, right? They they play like an NFL team. They do what they need to do to win. And so um, with that being said, if Washington stays status quo and, and allows Arizona state to control and Washington's offense, not, Getting first downs and controlling some of that clock—it's going to be another long day for the defense.
1: Which you know you can look at the points allowed per game, and Arizona State's defense is still really good, allowing only just twenty point two. I'm just going to round to twenty because yeah, sure. point two in points, right? And right. Washington nineteen. So Ish. you would think that holding a team to nineteen points a game, sometimes less. Win Win you a game nine times out of ten. And oh yeah,
0: looking at that stat alone, you think if there's a I mean, if there's a competent offense, Washington's at worst two or three losses
1: exactly. And, It comes to when they allow about twenty points per game that Washington loses. When they held Stanford to thirteen, Arizona sixteen—that's a win. When do you lose? You lose when you allow twenty-seven to Oregon State, twenty-four to UCLA, twenty-six to Oregon. So,
0: it's
1: it's insane that the defense, for as great as they are, how much it actually comes down to offense. Because you always hear, you know, offense sells tickets, defense wins games, defense can keep you in the game all 60 minutes, Yeah, but you do need a little help from the offense.
0: 100%. And then um, looking at this Arizona state team that you've uh, alluded to on the defensive side of the ball, they are stingy. They're one of the better defenses in the pac 12 and uh, looking at, they're giving up only 130 yards um, on the ground and uh, just a shade under 200 yards through the air. Uh, That's going to mean that in, in Washington is going to have to do something different or we're gonna see another half of scoreless football, to be honest with you.
1: Yeah, you've got 21 sacks on that defense, 13 interceptions, and a touchdown yeah. that went 34 yards. Yeah. So they've got some quick people. They've got great hands. They're very smart. Again, they were very, very young a couple of seasons ago when Washington mm-hmm. was first on the home again. And this is an experience. He was played many snaps together and you can tell just because it seems like if one person needs a little bit of backup there, the other one's right there with them.
0: Right. And, and of course, uh, it, it all stems from, uh, offensively, uh, Jane Daniels just being there forever and, and being a really competent yeah. quarterback. Um, so this is probably of any game that we've, uh, had to preview. This is the hardest one. Uh, in years. And it's because you don't know how this team's going to respond to uh, losing the offensive coordinator and the head coach in the same week. Are they going to rally together or are they going to fall apart? Is there going to be enough changes to allow this offense to do something? Or is it going to be, you know, uh, if if Arizona State scores 10 points, the game is over. So
1: and I mean, you've seen it happen in the Pac-12 conference alone this season. Yeah, It happens to USC and USC absolutely falls apart more than they already were with Clay Helton. And then happens to Wazoo and they were better off without Nick Rolovich because they're on a roll. They're if if they win this week.
0: Yeah. If they, w- if they win this week, they're in the driver's seat to win the North.
1: Exactly. And so it's crazy to compare, you know, USC, who is the South favorite was looking to be really good. Needless to say, you lose a couple of key players, but mm-hmm. you're battling to not be in last in the South. Oh. And then, you know, Washington state projected to finish second to last Right. in the North. Some even picked him as last and now they're battling to be in first. So how right. Washington responds is going to say a lot about who these players are and how this program has been in the offseason, kind of behind closed doors.
0: Yes. Oh yeah. Um, and for that, I'm going to pick a score and then I'm going to leave it to, uh, uh, one of those teams is going to score there and the other team's going to score the other. And I'm not actually sure which one's going to be, which quick so question. Be... Do
1: you know what the spread was before John Donovan was fired or before Jimmy Lake was announced as suspended? I don't, I did. I didn't, I don't check that early to be honest. And I probably I should have in this instance.
0: I usually don't check it until, uh, we start prepping for our, um, uh, for our our picks show,
1: and and I don't either, and so that's why I was curious because you know right mm-hmm. now ASU is sitting at the five and a, five half. And a half point favorite, yeah, <laughs> and so I was I don't know just kind of how it would be before then if Washington has bumped after the firing of John Donovan but went down after Jimmy hey. Lake so.
0: Yeah, those are, those are really good questions that unfortunately I don't know the answer to, but, uh, I think Arizona state, if they were to lose to USC, I thought that was, I think Washington would be able to roll. Um, but I'm going to say 24, 14. And, uh, if Washington is able to rally, uh, it's going to be Washington. And if not, Washington's going to lose by 10. So they're going to win by 10 or lose by 10. That's as best as I can do in the situation that they're in. What do you got?
1: I like that. I like that you don't have it a three-point game. I like that you kind of, you know, say it's going to be a two-score. Right. No matter which side. I agree. I think Washington does have an edge being at home. Sure. Not sure what the weather is supposed to be like if another just straight downpour is going to mm. send the entire stadium home at halftime. Right. I think Washington pulls it out. I think it's gut check time. They can only drop one more game before not being bowl eligible at all this season. Right. I think that weighs on them a little bit. So Mm -hmm. I'm actually going to go ahead and pick Washington by seven.
0: Nice. Uh, man, what, what a wild, wild weekend coming up and you know, no one, if somebody knows what's going to happen, I just, I, I'd like to talk to them about my financial, uh, my financial portfolio, because uh, they must be uh, seeing into the future. Because this is uh, the most, uh, this is the foundation has not been this shaky since uh, Sarkeesian – Uh, decided to take off for USC before Chris Peterson decided to come to Washington. So uh, lots of stuff to take a, take a look at lots of storylines to follow. We'll keep up here on fourth and inches and on our Twitter feeds. So uh, until next time I'm Trevor Mueller and Kayla Olin go dogs go dogs.